Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Stop. What the hell are you talking about? You're listening to Bandwagons. Actually, had a better idea for one that I thought of earlier, but I forgot. So, something to do with something to do with being on the bandwagon. <laughs> something to do with the fact that our podcast is called Bandwagons, and something to do with Billy Irish, which okay. was usually how we do intros. I can't remember what it is now. It's going to come to me later on. I'm going to be annoyed. That would have been. Good. Um. Uh, I can't remember. I'll think of it later. Welcome back to Bandwagons. How is everyone doing? How are you, Breed? Yeah, I'm feeling good, enjoying the sunshine. Summer is here. I, I would say spring is here. I appreciate the optimism. I would say spring is definitely here. I would say spr- summer is... Summer is a peeping, state of mind. Peeping behind the door. Summer is a state of mind. That's very true. Um, I think it's supposed to be cold this week, though. Not yeah. to be negative, but I have... Clister Jones was on the blower and she... Uh, feverishly follows uh, Carlo Weatherman on Twitter and she anything he says gospel and apparently it's going to be cold this week so Callisto is the first person I ever heard use the field like you know on the weather app oh yeah she used to ring you in college and she'd be like it's nine degrees today but it'll feel like 11 (laughs) yeah everyone's about the real feel now but she was first was yeah Callisto was banging that drum back in the day back in the day um so listen, I heard you watched um, a little documentary this week on our topic this week, which is Billie Eilish. Tell yeah. me about it. William Eilish, I was going to say, but that's not right. <laughs> William Eilish. No, it's William Eilish. William. Billiard actually, Eilish. actually, her full name is Gas, um, but I'll get to that in a minute. Um, yeah, I did. My housemates were mad to watch it. I wasn't mega pushed, but I watched it and I... I did. I'm glad I glad I did. I did enjoy it. Um, it is it's on Apple TV. If anyone's going to watch it, it's on Apple TV. Yeah, I watched it on Apple TV because I have it. I think you get free Apple TV for a year if you like buy an Apple product or something. I don't know. I got yeah. It free if you bought an Apple product, I think in the last like year or two, you should have it. You just need to activate it, but you need to activate it within a year of you buying the pro- or you need to activate it within a certain amount of time you buy in the product. So you might not have it. Um. And then you have it free for a year. And then if not, it's I'll check how much it is a month. But you talk to me more about this documentary. Yeah, so it's called uh, The World's a Little Blurry. And it's Billy Eilish, The World's a Little Blurry. It's two hours and 20 minutes long. It's very long. That is, that's too long. So yeah. I'm going to say this from the get-go, that's too long. Uh, yeah. Apple TV is uh, $5 a month after free choice, if anyone wants that, just FYI. Um. Yeah, there's like an intermission thing comes up halfway through it and obviously halfway through it. And we were like, is this the end? Like, and it's like, oh, intermission because she's still so young and all. And then like, no, it kicked off for another hour. Like, <laughs> it was mad. But uh, it has a near perfect score on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got 
Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It's directed by okay, but so like what like we were talking about this before we started recording. Like Billie Eilish, we'll obviously get into it, but like she's a very young artist, um, very much an infant child, enjoying a lot of success. Do you think this documentary was a bit like premature slapdash or like kind of hasty? Yeah, premature. Or what does it what does it tell us about her? Like or it, uh, yeah, what is no, it? You know what? Like it's it is. I wasn't I was a bit like, here we go, miles to go again, but when I watched it, it's not a very like happy go lucky, like rise to fame like portrayal. It's actually very much a documentary of a teenager getting this mad fame. Um, like all of a sudden and like how she's co- how she learns to cope with it and all like it there's no like it's there's no rose tinted glasses it's it's like it doesn't make you love like it doesn't make you go oh Billie Eilish what a great person but like it does show you she is like a an actual artist like she is a it's all going on in her brain she's a visionary kind of thing like it's she sees it all inside her head and like to be honest, I don't know. She would have been able to like put it all out without her brother. I think her brother is like a very integral part of the whole like production. Um, and he's just like able to like draw it all out of her. Phineas. Um, Phineas, yeah. Um, but yeah, I wrote down. She, it's very much a documentary about a teenage girl. Like there are tantrums. There are like like I was gonna say bitch fits. That's not even a you can't say that anymore. Um. You really can't. <laughs> There's t- she, tra- she throws tantrums like she's like a teenage girl that like isn't isn't loving her life twenty four seven, is going through it ups and downs, and also like meeting celebrities and kind of can't believe her luck. And it's all it's all this. Do you know what I keep thinking about is like how it compares like off the back of the Britney documentary, and like yeah. what, what the big differences are, and what like the similarities are. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously like. Billy's family are all kind of rallying around her and like there's a quote from her mom I think where she's like you have a whole team of people making sure you don't like fuck up basically that like I'm paraphrasing but she says something along those lines which I don't think Britney had like to the same extent but then but I was gonna ask yeah also bear in mind I have not watched it. I do think I will watch because from what I've seen online, it seems like an, if not like a good watch, maybe good's not the right word, but an interesting watch in comparison to like... It's a good documentary. It is a good documentary. Yeah, in comparison to like, you know, the way the Sean Mendes documentary came out, I was like, I might want to watch that. And then everyone was like, no, it's terrible. Don't. That was purely, like that was a vehicle used to promote that shitty album that he released. And the same... I think this is like... The Taylor, even the Taylor Swift documentary has nothing on this because it's all very like, it's them portraying themselves as they want you to see them. But this is just like completely unfiltered. But then I, but that, but I was going to ask then from what I have seen online, I don't think her family come across very well on it. What did you think of it? From the perspective of I, people kind of saying, I don't get great vibes from her family. Like, do you, and I know you're saying she's a team behind her and that's great. And there seems to be kind of more of an element of protection around her. Yeah. Did you get a bad vibe or like, like I always, from get, this conversation, I'm getting no, but I always get, no, I did. In fairness, I always get like bad. I always have like bad expectations of people when I hear like, Oh, you know, they were they were homeschooled and then they were like pushed into like music from an early age where it kind of seems like like a back to Britney again, where they're kind of like born to be superstars and they don't really have a choice in the matter. And that's kind of what I went into it thinking. It was like, oh, their parents obviously homeschooled them so they could focus on music and like get them to be big superstars or whatever. But I actually don't think that's what happened. Um now haven't seen it like her mom like her parents are just parents and I think if you saw a documentary of my mom you'd be like I get bad vibes off this like it's just it's raw and it's like exactly how parents are with their kids and um I don't know it's where her dad is a dad like he's like she gets her driver's license and he's like kneeling down beside her and he's like now just because you have your driver's license doesn't mean you can like break the speed limits and not like he's a dad you would actually love him he has a big mustache and then her mom is just like just kind of trying to keep her on track, really. But do you think there was there anything that would have given you the impression that they were pushing them towards this as well, though? Like, kind of, like, do you get any? You could say they're parents and they could be normal in inverse commas, but did you get that kind of vibe? No, mm, like not not to a worrying extent. I think there was a whole part at the start of the documentary where basically, like, the label has come to Phineas and is like, we need her to make, we need her to write a hit. 
But like Phineas is like, well, we can't tell her that because she like she has like such low expectations of herself and thinks she's like a bad songwriter and like doesn't cope well under pressure at all, which is mad. So they got like Phineas is like kind of weighing up with his mom like I like we need her to write a hit, but we can't tell her we need her to write a hit or she just won't do it. So like, I don't know what to do because she's not taking it seriously when I'm like, we need to concentrate. And she just wants to make a song she likes, but really he's trying to swear to make a song that like would be more accessible to everyone. And it's like this whole thing. Being yeah. Like, should we tell her or should we not? Um, And it's just weird. And she comes out and she's like, he's talking about me. Like what's going on? It's just, it, that's weird where it's like, they have to kind of t- tiptoe around her a bit because she is the talent and she that works, sounds she works incredibly strange. Like I do, like but I it's do. Her brother, like he just kind of knows. I know, but it, out of her. I know, and I do. I do believe those conversations happen where the label is like, "What the fuck is this? We can't market this. We can't sell this." But like this whole thing of like, and again, not that I don't. Cause she strikes me as that kind of person, and you you see it in everyone, like this imposter syndrome, where it's like, or and even not, even not even that you're a kid that age all you want to do is make shit that you like or do shit that you like oh, there's something about that though that just sounds a bit like produced that moment like maybe I'd have to watch it for myself no you but, have to watch it for yourself because it's not even shot well like it's very much the thing that was the thing I kind of questioned a bit was like they like a lot of the early footage seems to be like them putting on cameras and documenting it for themselves because they know they're going to be something it's like but the, and then it kind of gets better and you can tell they have a cameraman with them and stuff like when she starts going tour and all but the early stuff is is like Phineas sets up his phone in the kitchen and is like he's documenting it because he knows like he knows what's going on he knows she's going to be huge and he knows that this this documentary would have been valuable someday and at that kind of I was just like whose idea was this but yeah. it is it is a, it kind of comes full circle it is I think you should watch it I think you'd actually really like it where did she come from then though like who who was she before she was Billie Eilish this, and this person doing the documentary? Yeah, you're not going to believe what her actual middle name is. Maybe you will. Maybe you've looked this up. I will because I saw it, but I teed up anyway. Billie Eilish Pirate Baird O'Connell is her full name. Like, Pirate like Baird sounds speak- like Pirate Beard, first of all. I think it's pronounced Baird. No, it's Baird. I listened to uh, Owen McDermott. What? Interviewed her mom a couple of years ago at EP. And I listened literally just just before we jumped on, I listened to that because it's only like 20 minutes long. And he's like, I keep calling you Bard. But he was like, I've heard you say it a different way. And she's like, no, it's Baird. It's Scottish. It's like Baird or something. I don't know. I know. Sorry, someone, we asked patrons um, on the close friends on Instagram what they thought of the doc and you were kind of getting info and someone DM'd you saying about that interview with Owen McDermott. Yeah, but and I was, there's one with I Dave Fanning as well. I was, I kind of half read the message in my inbox, like running on absolute fucking delirium today and misread it and thought the person said Owen Quig was, first I was like, I thought first I was like, oh, Owen Quig was on with Dave Fanning talking about Billie Eilish. I was like, what fucking authority? Oh, the trifecta. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, what? And then I was like, oh, Omicra, okay, okay. And then the pieces kind of slowly slid into my brain. But yeah, that was yeah. my... I had listened to it when it first came out, but like I, it made more sense now having gone back and watched it. Her mom does has done all her Irish, or like not all her Irish press, but she's done those those two interviews are with her mom, which I kind of like because it's her mom's take on Billy. Whereas instead of like Billy as a sixteen or seventeen year old coming out and having to answer all these big questions, it's like I don't know. Her mom gets to like field a lot of that, and probably I don't know makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. From it. But oh my god, there was one bit in the documentary that I forgot to tell you about. And you will actually piss your pants at it. But it's she's at Coachella and she meets Katy Perry. And Katy Perry comes up and is like off her tits. And she's like, Oh my god, me and my fiance just love you. We play your music in the car all the time. And she was like, You have to meet my fiance. And like obviously her fiance comes up and it's like Orlando Bloom and he like gives her a big hug and a big kiss and he's like off his tits as well. And he's like, uh he's like, We love you, we love you. And he's like, I would climb to the top of a mountain to hear your music and all. It's like it's so funny. And then Billy's just like, Thank you so much. Oh my God. And Katie Perry, in fairness to her, is like, listen, I know what this is like if you ever want to talk. Seriously Give, give me a give me a bell like there she's really sound 
Um, and then she really goes off and her brother is just like quoting, like ripping the face out of Orlando Bloom. And she's just like, who's that? And he was like, Orlando. And she was like, Orlando, you? And he's like, you just met Orlando Bloom. And she was like, oh, I thought that was some fella Katy Perry had just picked up. <laughs> like she had no idea. And she like, she just shows her like Googling him and like Pirates of the Caribbean. She was like, that was him. <laughs> Oh my god! She's like, get it back, get it back, and then she meets him. Yeah, she meets him again later on. She gives him a proper hug because she finally knows who it is. Orlando Bloom is the guy at the afters that won't stop chewing the ear off you. Yeah, talking about mountains. Someone actually. I love you. One of the patrons. What you mean to me? One of the patrons goes, uh, "Really powerful crowd about the documentary. Really powerful cried multiple times. Hope Orlando gets an Oscar nom for his guest role." It's really funny. It's one of the has he has he has he been in anything since? I know this isn't the Orlando Caribbean. Yeah, is he in the Hobbit? Not really. Was he in the Hobbit? Great question. I've watched all three of them and I couldn't tell you. That's how boring they are. (laughs) And even the Lord of the Rings fans would say that they're not good. I think he might be first fail or something, isn't he? Let's hang on. Legolas. You tell me more about who the fuck Billie Eilish is and I will tell you who the fuck Orlando Bloom is. Okay. Yeah. Billie Eilish Pirate Baird O'Connell was born on December 18th, 2001. Um, oh, delete that. She's, delete like, that. she's a full year younger than Hilda, which upsets me. <laughs> Christ. Um, uh, she's born in Los Angeles. She is the daughter of teacher, actress and screenwriter Maggie Baird and construction worker Patrick O'Connell. Um, who has worked part-time as an actor appearing in films like Iron Man um, both her parents are mu- uh, amateur musicians she is of Irish and Scottish descent the sophomore Wikipedia obviously um, the singer's middle name Eilish was originally meant to be her first name while Pyrish was proposed by her brother Phineas four years her senior and that was supposed to be her middle name um, I don't know what it says, why it concludes this but she was conceived via IVF and she was brought up in the Highland Park neighbourhood of Los Angeles um, good for her parents. What? I said, good for her parents. Good for her fertility. Good for IVF. Yeah. Um, do we want? Okay. Do we want to hear before we carry on what Orlando Bloom is currently in? Yeah. So he's currently in Carnival Row, which is on TV. Right. That's not that disturbing. Um, he's in some other movie. Shit, that doesn't really matter. In 2021, he's going to be playing P- Prince Harry in an animated sitcom called The Prince which will focus on six-year-old Prince George who makes life hard for his family and the British monarchy for HBO Max. I've never, I've never wanted to watch something less in my entire fucking life. Oh my God. Prince George is only like an actual, is it like based on actual Prince George who's like literally five? Yes. That's so unfair. Leave him alone. A producer at Disney accused HBO Max and creator Gary Janity and said it's one thing for filmmakers to play fast and loose with the truth in shows like The Crown but poking fun at a seven-year-old child seems cruel and unfair. Something yeah. should be off limits. It's morally wrong to use a child to get cheap laughs. And Orlando should know that. He's a new daddy. Who? But who wants this? Like, who is like... Is it going to be like Sophia the first but factually accurate? No, but, I, but it, like, it's not like a kid's programme. It's like... Oh, it seems to be weird, like... like... I don't know. For gr- for grown up. I don't know. Anyway. Orlando Bloom. You're making poor choices. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Stop taking drugs at Coachella, Orlando. Yeah. Well, actually. Well, we don't know. It's not my business. Well, they're not going to sue us over this, but they were definitely on the ips. <laughs> yeah, you can tell. You can tell. Um, so, yeah, everyone kind of knows that Billy and Phineas were homeschooled. And the reason for this is that her dad uh, wanted to homeschool them because he heard a, an interview with Hansen where they said they were homeschooled and he thought it was really cool. <laughs> uh, like, should you really be basing all of your child's like big life decisions on what Hansen do? I feel like no. No, there was more. There was more reasons. The, her mom was uh, from Colorado and she well, was mainly like, Hansen. Yeah, she was from Colorado and she was uh, like majorly affected and swayed by the Columbine mass shooting. And she said oh, that kind of, yeah, I know. I was but like, you, please, you, need, you need to please get in. Stop. You need to get in before I carry on. I know. Um, so she was like, that kind of planted the seed for her, where like she just wanted them at home with her, and she said she wanted to spend the maximum amount of time with her children as possible. And I suppose that's kind of like the that's where the IVF thing is kind of important because they obviously like really tried for these kids, and 
when they had them, they were like, we want them. She said, we want them for the best hours of the day. We don't want them just like for the hour before they go to school and like the couple of hours when they get back. Like we want them, we want their best hours and we want to, yeah. There she thought maybe we could homeschool and it would uh, make it quicker. I don't know. I'm not phrasing this right. She thought they could homeschool quicker in less hours than an actual school and then they'd have loads of time to do like more time together. I get yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so while they, while she's been homeschooled, her mother taught her and Phineas the basics of songwriting. Um, it keeps referring to her then as O'Connell and I hate that because I'm like, who's O'Connell? But it's literally Billie Eilish. Um, so Billy and her brother worked together on some music while he had been writing and producing his own songs and performing with his band. Um, her brother and her mother inspired her to get into music and their parents encouraged them to explore themselves with whatever they wanted, including art, like through art, dancing and acting. Um, and then we know like Phineas kind of went the acting route a little bit. Billy got like really into dancing. She was a, a really good dancer. Um, What was the... Just Billy Barry kids who made it like. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Billy wanted to be a dancer. She was like lyrical and hip hop. And then she got injured at age 13 really badly. She like tore a growth plate and like kind of threw her hip out. Um, Christ. And it was, yes, she just, yeah, it just rolled her it, off the dancing completely like. Because I, yeah, because I was going to say when you say all that, like you, it couldn't seem like further from her artistry now. Oh, but yeah. obviously that's why, which is unfortunate. You know that's what I mean? All, like if I was told to a Billie Eilish live show, I'd be like, and she started dancing, I'd be like, if she's doing the one two step, I'd be like, what the fuck? No, if you, if you watch it, actually, it's a massive part of the documentary is because she comes out and she literally like, she book leps, like she jumps like and leaps, but she can't, her body physically can't. So she comes out and she like le- leaps around the stage and then she comes off and she can't walk and she has to be like carried everywhere and she's getting oh. like physical therapy and she has really bad shin splints and she uh, there's like footage of her coming out in Milan to play a festival and her ankle just completely snaps like within like the first 30 seconds of being on stage she just jumps and it just bends and snaps and it's bad she's just really did bad did you injury. did you see her when she played EP no I wasn't there that was the but she that was the day before she went out and, and twisted her ankle in Milan oh Christ she no it was the gang at the gang, yeah, the gang at home went and they all, they did not have good reviews of her at all. Well, she, she like, was, now that I know why, I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. But I, I think vocally even they were still like, they were like, they didn't they didn't think she was good at all for whatever reason. If anyone went to the EP gig, please let us know. My Instagram, I enjoyed it. I'd be interested. What did they think? They thought she was class and they, she wore the boot then, which is like to stop, like to just help her ankle. But she, uh, in the documentary, she's like, if she can't do a show to well, like 100% of what the way she wants it, she would rather just like not do the show. So she kind of, I feel like she's kind of forced to perform a lot of the time when she, when she's injured. Um, And like with that Milan thing, she came out and she went over on her ankle and they were like, they came out and put the boot on her and she went back out and she sat in a stool and she started talking and she was literally like, I can't do this. And she gets up and walks off. And then like all her team are like backstage coaxing her. And she was like, if I can't do it properly, I'm not doing it at all. And there's like, thousands of people waiting for her and she's like she's like I'm not doing it I'm like I'm not doing it and they're like they will take whatever you give them they're here for you and she goes back out and she does it but she's like not one bit happy about it um like I was kind of like I was like get over it like people are there waiting for you are you gonna let them down now or like yeah like I when I hear shit like that I'm like man it's absolutely unbelievable that you've so much integrity and that you hold yourself to such a high standard with that said like stop being a piss baby you know like it's just like especially because our fan base are so young they spend so much money it to go to the like unless unless it is something like you are injured or like meant like mentally you're like I cannot do the show because mentally I am unwell but if it's just a thing where it's like oh no, like I think the show is only going to be grand. As you said, a lot of those people are there and the things you think about, they never, like the people yeah. who matter never do. And even the critics half the time don't even notice shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then, oh, I don't know. But She's then a I mega, like a, well. a high, like a high level of a pre- perfectionist, I think. And that's where like the, it comes back to like her artistry. Like she's in this because she wants to like produce a certain thing that's in her head. And I don't, I don't think she's in it to just like, 
get up on stage and sing a few songs and have people clap and cheer and like take her paycheck and go home. Like I think she has a vision for everything she does and she wants it yeah. done that right. Which I kind of respect. Mm-hmm. But also you have to draw the line. I do I do respect that to a degree, but I think but there is a line. I think there is a line when it comes to you that much split second when it's like before you go out on stage and you have you get you in your own head and you decide that. Yeah. Like the like obviously the art should always come first, but then at the same time it's like there needs to be give and take with I suppose the fan base and what people like the people that engage with your art. You know what I mean? You do owe them something to a degree when it's like that moment at the finish line. Yeah. But I think, I think she is obsessed with her fans. So she's like, I don't call them fans. I, like they're just like a piece of me. And I think this is going to sound really bad, but she was like a full on believer back when she was a child, like to like a really obsessive level. And I think she understands what it's like to be such a mega fan of someone on that level that she kind of has a different level of respect for her fans. And that's why she like only wants to give them the best and do the best and uh, yeah. has a lot of time for them. Yeah, that is a slippery slope as well, though. Like, that yeah. is... It's but tough. I, but I do understand that's where, like, she's got that perspective from being a part of that fandom or whatever, but that doesn't necessarily, like, that's that's a double-edged sword, you know? Yeah. Like, I think it's it's kind of... Dangerous is a big word, and I don't mean to be banding it around, but I do think it's, like, maybe slightly irresponsible to continue to, like, stoke that, like, parasocial relationship where it's, like she can't be everything to every single fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it seems like it's great that she wants to, but it it seems like another layer of pressure that she's adding on to herself that she quite frankly does not need. Yeah. Um, you know? I'm going to just um, quote one thing my housemate said last night because I have been thinking about it all day and it was the funniest thing she's ever said. So Billie Eilish wrote Ocean Eyes when she was 13 and Katie said when mm. I was 13 she was like she wrote Ocean Eyes when, I, when she was 13 when I was 13 I was still talking to my diary and trying to get it to open like do you remember those? <laughs> the electronic ones. The electronic ones hey, they'd like uh, play music and they'd like open but that just like really shook it into reality like imagine she's just another level of I don't know person intellectually able to do that at 13. I, yeah, I did not have a single fully formed thought at 13. Yeah. Like, not a single one. 2008, like, that was a fucking different landscape altogether. Yeah, I don't I don't know. What were you doing in 2008? I'm trying to think. Well, I was... Ter- it was 2008. Yeah, 2007 for me. Um, recession. Big fat recession. I, I was... Of course, of course they couldn't be written songs. They were in the middle of a fucking recession. Bigger things to be thinking about. High School Musical came out that year. It was a great year for me. <laughs> uh, no, I was trying to teach myself to work it out, Dad. So she's there, like ocean eyes, isn't it? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, she credits that song for changing her life. She wrote it for her dance company, who because she was like a lyrical dancer. You'll remember this from like uh, what was it? What was the competition we used to slag them about in college? The mix, the DCU mix piece. <laughs> yeah. It's very, you very, can't say that we don't that. slag them we do they're going to come back, one, gonna come back and them. get us now this yeah, is no. we're going to be we'll see we slag them because we wanted to be them and we could oh we were just so you we know? were such bad dancers it's way you know what it's way easier to slag than it is to dance that's all I'll say <laughs> yeah. it's very easy from the sidelines girls you know like that's so don't be offended any dancers who are listening yeah, so she, the, one of her dance coaches or whatever, one of the, the heads of the school was like, would you write a song that uh, we can use for like choreography? So they did, her and Vinny's did, and they uploaded it to SoundCloud. So it would be easier for him to like listen to and download from there. And in the first two weeks, it got hundreds of thousands of listens. And it's just all like how off. How does that happen? Do you know what I mean? How does that happen from out of nowhere? Like It wouldn't happen nowadays, not on SoundCloud. Uh, like there's still I was never there's still room there's still room there for that a very specific kind of artist and hence like SoundCloud rappers or whatever but like it's not a thing now like I do think streaming giants have kind of like overtaken that in terms of or like TikTok I think would be the equivalent now yeah you know where it's like haha here's the sound that I did like messing and then it's like oh 8 million people have used it to do a dance like you know yeah 
So like it's all just been one big I was going to say upward climb it's the opposite though it's like downward what is the phrase? She's just been rolling down. No idea. <laughs> snowballing, snowballing. Rolling well, down. She hasn't gone down. She's she's gone up. I know she's picked up speed is what I mean. Snowballing. Yeah. yeah Snowball. Yeah, she, yeah no she's rolling going upwards but she's rolling. All right, Kate Bush. Um <laughs> running up that hill. Um do you like ocean eyes? Yeah, it's my favourite. I feel like you yeah. hate Billy Irish. That's the vibe I'm getting. I don't I don't hate Billy Eilish, but I am a bit like, what are you gonna do next? Do you know what I mean? Like I think the whole thing revolves around like oh my headphones are falling off. Like I think the whole thing revolves around her being like a unique kind of vocalist and this songwriter. And I do think she's a good songwriter. But I'm just kind of like, okay. What what are you going to do next? I do. I think her newer stuff has been has kind of grown on me more than the album did. I feel like I listened to the album and was like, "Yes, this is good," and then never came back to it again. Yeah, her album. Uh, what was it called again? When we all fall asleep, where do we go? Do you want to guess what Pitchfork gave it? Probably uh, close to one hundred ninety-two. Well, no, it's out of ten. <laughs> So, um, a 9.2 or an 8 no a 9 uh, 7.2 oh not good enough but you'd be like pretty good for them because like Pitchfork are kind of weird okay but um, didn't, wasn't that the album where like every single song went into the Billboard Top 100 and like broke a record yeah was, like, her e- so her EP was first and that was 2017 and that as we said like was a bit of a sleeper hit Um, that had I think that had Ocean Eyes on it. And then from there, I think she was signed to Interscope off the back of that. Yeah. Um, they have like another subsidiary or whatever that's called uh, Dark Room. So that was that. Um, and then, yeah, signed her to Dark Room. Uh, and then I think she released another EP with remixes. So it was like from Astronomy, Black Bear, Gold House, Cautious Clay. I do really like Cautious Clay. Um and do you know what I like? I prefer bellyache. I do like bellyache. Bellyache like. came after ocean eyes. Uh, it's like, it's really high pitched. Why can I not fucking, me, I really like bellyache. You sing it, me, cannot do it. It's good. <laughs> I, I believe you. Uh, she did stuff for the 30 Reasons Why soundtrack. Yeah. And she did like a couple of other like singles. Um, I think the first thing I heard from her was I don't want to be you anymore um, and again I remember being like okay and then I remember watching the video for uh, when the party's over yeah and I remember being like oh it's my not God, the black is coming out her eyes I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yeah, that's I got all, her mouth. Yeah, that's all. That was all her idea, and she like came up with it all in like her back garden. It's all in the documentary, and it's definitely worth watching. Just for like she's a vi- like she's a visionary. That sounds crazy, but she is. Oh, I forgot she did that. She collabed with Khalid as well for "Lovely." Lovely, that's a good song. Um. And yeah, it just it seemed like people were kind of talking about her for ages and ages and ages. And then 2019 came around and she released um When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? Um Bury a Friend. Which I didn't realise. Bury a Friend was the third single from that album. Why did I think that was the first single? 
so I feel like it was bit that was the biggest one in Ireland for a while. Yeah, so when the party's over was actually the first single, which I thought was just like completely separate. And then it was Come Out and Play, which is a song that doesn't is not ringing any Come bells. Come Out and Play, you black and pants. Breathe. <laughs> Stop saying things. Jesus. <laughs> you might have editing we've had to do on the last two episodes. Oh my God. My brain has um, just given up on censoring itself. Um, so they, oh yeah, and then Wish You Were Gay was the fourth single, and that came out in 2019. Yeah. Um, obviously a little bit controversial. Um, that's actually so then, her ex boyfriend, I think, who that song is probably about, is uh, it's like he's in the documentary when they're like, together, and he is the worst boyfriend in the world, and it's infuriating, really? and it's worth the watch. Yeah, like he shows what up. What age is she at this point? Oh, it was like Coachella year, so and probably before, so she's probably like 16, 17. Um, and he like he, she basically was like oh I told his name was Q or she called him Q and she's like I told him I'd get him a ticket for Coachella if he promised that he would spend time with me at it so she gets him a ticket for Coachella and he like fucks off for the weekend and he comes back just before her set and comes into her trailer and is like oh I, I think you should do your hair a different way and then fucks off again and she doesn't see him for the rest of the weekend like he's and she's like madly have to, in love have with him have to respect him. the hustle have to respect the she's, hustle she's also. mad about all, it all men that just, age are dickheads all uh, straight men that age it's worth watching just for that whole like wake up call like he was a bad man to her Um. so yeah as you said album went to number one on the Billboard 200 UK album charts um, made her the first uh, artist born in the 2000s to have a number one album in the United States and the youngest female ever to have a number one album in the United Kingdom. I think she was seven, She was still 17 at this point. Um, she broke the record for most simultaneously charting Hot 100 songs by female artists with 14 after every song from the album, excluding Goodbye, charted on the Hot 100. Um, and then the fifth single, actually, yeah, this was released before where she were gay, Bad Guy, which as we said was definitely... Like, I think ended up being the most popular single off the album here anyway. And um, there was a remix release featuring Justin Bieber. Um, it, uh, But it didn't go to number one straight away. It had like a kind of solid climb up the charts. And which, which artist's record-breaking 19 weeks at number one did it break? Think about that year. Think about the big song. I had a quiz that uh, I think that was the first question. But I didn't answer it. Mm. Who did she knock off the top? Like, yeah, yeah. Nineteen weeks, twenty nineteen. Think about that. Like, level of a hold someone would have on the charts. Can I have a hint, please? It's a boy, probably. Yeah. Um. It was a collab. A collab. Twenty nineteen. That's not that long ago. I should know this. Is it Justin Bieber? No. Lil Nas X. Oh yeah, Old Town Road. Yeah, I knew that actually. I read that just before we started recording, and immediately forgot it. She also beat Lord. Lord was the 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 previous youngest ever artist to have a number one single, and then Billie Eilish was like, "Yoink! I'm a baby now. I'm baby," and just took it away from her. Raging. <laughs> um. Yeah, and it's kind of just been up from there. She did the Bond theme for the Bond movie that literally has not come out. I liked the Bond theme as well. I thought the Bond theme was good, No Time to Die. Yeah. Um, she's the youngest artist ever to write and perform a James Bond theme. Um, second Bond theme to top the British official charts. Uh, and the first Bond theme performed by a female artist to do so, which is mad. Um, and that was her first number one single in the UK. None of the previous singles went number one in the UK. So yeah. strange. The UK loves Bond. Um, she absolutely cleaned up with the Grammys uh, last year, 62nd Grammys, became the youngest person, a first woman to win the four main Grammy categories. So that's Best New Artist, Record of the Year, Song of the Year and Album of the Year in the same year. Um, she is nominated for a few more this year. I had this up and I don't have it. Oh, yes. So she's nominated for Everything I Wanted, which came out in 2020, uh, which came out last year. I like that one um, too. But I, there's something here that I have from goldderby.com that says uh, Billie Eilish could pull off this rare feat only ever accomplished by Roberta Flack and you too. So she has four Grammy nominations this year, including Record of the Year for Everything I Wanted. Um, 
And if she wins, she would be the only third artist in history to achieve back-to-back victories in the category. As I mentioned, the first musician to pull this off was Roberta Flack. Um, In 1973, she took home record of the year for the first time ever I saw your face. And then she prevailed again in 1974 with Killing Me Softly with his song. And then, decades later, you had U2 who won uh, record of the year in 2001 for Beautiful Day and then again for Walk On in 2002. Um, I and think they, I think she'll do it as well. I think she's in with a very good chance. Now, I think the Grammys are going to be weird this year, given like the continued controversy around, rightly so, I think, about kind of the the lack of racial equality and like some of the big snobs, like the weekend not being there. I feel like that is going to be a big talking point, and especially given the fact that it was already pushed out. Um, COVID might change things again, but um. We shall see. We shall see. Phineas um, won one as well, didn't he? He got producer of the year or something. Or some. Yeah. Um, I don't think Phineas gets enough credit. I was going to ask, do you reckon he's a bit raging? No, I think he, I think he knows he's the brains behind it. I like, I think he knows that none of this would happen without him. Yeah. He was in Glee. Phineas was in Glee. Yeah. But was it from the Glee project though? Hmm. Was it? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm going to Google that. Phineas. You Lee Google person. that and... Um, he was in what, Modern Family about... as well. Yes, I had heard that, yeah. Um, do you... Oh, I didn't realise she has Tourette's as well. Yeah, I was going to say that. And she has synthesia. Yeah. It's all like... Um, it's... She's, yeah... You talked about doing a quiz, but I have a better idea. Um, are you familiar with the Vanity Fair video series that she does? No. So basically, I'm not sure what year this started off in. So Vanity Fair, for like this YouTube series, they interviewed Billie Eilish and then asked her the exact same questions the following year for YouTube. Do you seriously not know about this? I don't know what you're talking about, to be honest. It's like that mega viral series. So they interviewed her first in 2017, right? So this was like at the very kind of start of her fame. I think she's like 15 at this point. Um, And then they interviewed her again in 2018 and they asked her the exact same questions. But it's like, if you're to compare Instagram following. So in 2017, she had 257,000 Instagram followers. The exact same point the following year, she had 6.3 million in 2018. Yeah. Um, so they've done it every year since. So they did it in 2019, uh, 2020. The, the one that compared 2017 to 2018 kind of went viral because like she's so young in 2017 and then in 2018, it almost seems like she's really jaded from the fame already and like kind of depressed. Yeah, I guess that's still, she, Even though she's still really young. And then the most recent two years, it's like she seems in better form 2019 and then 2020 it's kind of funny because she's talking about how in 2019 she mentioned about how she wants like if she she wants to be able to ask for like 100 days off in a row and to be able to have them and then obviously we all know what happened in 2020 she's just like oh my god this did not age well (laughs) but I wanted to do our own bandwagons um vanity fair interview so we'll listen back to this in a year and then we can ask (laughs) questions now I didn't do every single question because I wasn't really bothered but I let's answer it as if we're as a answering as a podcast yeah yeah okay okay so my name is Fanula Jones and Breed Brown um, the date is the 1st of March 2021 yeah uh, I am the podcast actually we won't do our own ages the podcast is two and a bit years old yeah yeah what do you want me to say? Um, Affirmative. Uh, how many Instagram followers do we have? Um, let me check. Like seven thousand. Yeah, that's about right. Get it. Get it to the roundup, though. Get it to the. It's we're at se- we're at seven thousand ninety nine. So let's say seven thousand one hundred seven point one. Who is the most famous person that follows the bandwagon's Instagram account? Um. Um, there's a few. Does Ian Dempsey follow us? Um, no. Follow us on <laughs> Let me check. No. Shane, what are you paying for? I'm sick of this. Marion Keys. Marion Keys, yeah. Marion Keys, definitely. Oh, hang on. No, she's there. I thought she'd unfollowed. Um, who else? There's definitely oh, another one. Stephen Byrne. 
It's not more famous than Marion Keys. Um, I don't know. Let's leave it at Marion Keys. Okay. Marion Keys, honorable mention to the love of my life, Stephen Murn. Um, there was a there's a question about most like liked picture. I absolutely cannot be arsed going back and trying to figure that out. But um, fair. Let's um, describe what we'd like the podcast to be in 2022. Um, that's a good one. In person. In person at festivals. That's a good goal. Um, what's most important to you right now? At all, right now. Staying alive. Staying alive them arenas. Also staying alive. Staying alive probably more important. <laughs> selling out that bloody second Dublin show. Yeah. Liberty I'm Hall. Selling out Cork. Dublin will sell. Dublin will always sell. Selling, selling out, out Cork. Cork. Yeah. Why do you why do you not have faith in the Cork Cork Arenos? No, I don't. I do. It just hasn't sold out yet. So well I actually have no idea. I've not seen those numbers. Um what's the biggest rumor about Bandwagon's podcast right now? Rumor. Let's correct some assumptions. Um, the one that me and Shane are going out. Is there a better? Yeah, than that? that's fair. That's fair. Hashtag fake news. Hashtag. Did you? Did we? Did we not learn anything from last week's episode, guys? <laughs> There's no verification for that. <laughs> um, what is the biggest thing we're struggling with right now? Probably not seeing each other. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Not being able to record face to face. Why did you why why did you hesitate? Why did you I, I just got a lot I've got a lot going on. <laughs> I keep forgetting that this is about us. That's what we're talking about it as the po- as the podcast is a sentient being. Yeah. Not our own lives, God. They're are all each and each, each respectively dog shit. Like we won't get into that, but yeah. Um making money. Were you gonna say something there? Recording face to face. Yeah. We're not even yeah, we're not um, even, it's the face to face thing. Okay, we can answer this one individually. Um, what's the first thing you did when you woke up? Today? Yeah. Mm, what did I do when I woke up? I uh, I made a coffee. I checked my phone. I did and check. Then, my, I lay on my phone for a good while and then I made a coffee. I checked my phone and then I turned off my alarm because I was very tired. Um, and then what was the other one that I had? What's a positive thing in the news right now? Um, the, the weather is, is good. You tell me. The, the, the farmer on Instagram that's gone vegan. I have 21 not... days. Do you follow him? No. Jesus, Breed, where have you been? I'm going to send this man to you. He is, I don't know his second name. He's from Kilfenora, but basically he's like this farmer and he he sings. Well, sorry, actually, he's not a farmer. I think he's like a welder by trade, but he has cattle. But he basically started, he's going vegan for 21 days. He's an old man, like. For his health. He's an old man, but like he's precious, like. That's cute. Poor Rick. Let me bring it up. He's incredible. He I is. met my husband in Kilfenora and I fell in love with him. Yeah. Oh, I can't find his username. When are we doing the diet? People will know I'm mad about. When are we doing the diet episode? I wonder will he come on. He, he might. Um, he lives very near me now. You're old pals. We are old pals, indeed. Well, we I would say we still are pals. We're not old pals. Um, I would hope. <laughs> wait, till he, wait till he says no to coming on this podcast. Um, oh, sorry, I had one more question. Um, biggest thing to happen in your career. Sugar Club? Sugar Club. Well, we sold out Liberty Hall once. So. Once we did. Once upon a time, we sold out Liberty Hall. Once. Yeah. Um, one million downloads is coming, but it's not there yet. We can say that next year. We're so close. In the next, like, two weeks, we're going to... Uh, we will. Yeah, we'll make it this year, will we not? Yeah, but, like, just not, like, not today. <laughs> not, oh, for this, okay. not for the purpose of this interview. At least not today, not today, not today, because what's next for Billie Eilish? What is she going to do? What would you like to see from her? Um, What would I like to see from her? That's a good question. I'd like, I don't know. Like, are you actually interested in seeing how her career pans out? No, <laughs> from, a, from a musical perspective, like this I, is the thing for me. Like I, I find her fascinating, and it's not that I actually don't really like her, and it's not that I even think the music is like overrated or not good. But 
I just, I just, I don't know what else she can do with it in terms of vocally. You know, like it just, she's very limited in that regard. I know the vocals aren't the be all and end all, but like. Yeah. If she was writing music for other people, I'd like to, I'd like to see that. Or I'd like to see her work with kind of other artists and see if she can bring stuff out in other people or if other people can bring stuff out in her. But there's something about her that I just think like people aren't willing to recognize and that it's a bit limited. I know that seems really unfair because she's very young and she clearly is very talented. But like, I don't know. I just really don't know. To be honest, I think the vocals are all all she has, like, are all she has at the end of it. Like when these like injuries aren't going to go away, like her, she won't be able to tour forever. Well, she will, but she probably won't because she can't do it the way she wants to do it. Like she is, she's a very like, she says it herself. She's like, my body is broken. Like it's, and once things are broken, they're broken forever, which is kind of a bit grim. But um, I think like the songwriting and the vocals are probably all, she'll probably be able to cling on to for a lot, like the sake of longevity. And Phineas. Mm. I honestly mm. think Phineas will go far further. Interesting. Behind but the scenes. still never be as famous, I think. Yeah. I think he'll you be know going, that kind of way? I think he'll be richer and more successful, but I yeah, he just will never be like a solo artist. From a name perspective, like he'll never Yeah. It's so funny. There's Are like a, mean? a scene of them sitting on the People couch. Get on to us. There's like a scene of them hitting, sitting on the couch and he's like, Wow, what a big day. Like we we did this, we did this, we were like doing this and now it's twelve o'clock and we're recording this song. And he was like and that's why we're millionaires. And then they both just look at each other and burst out laughing. And it's just like, and she's just like, we're not millionaires. And he was like, no, we have millions of dollars, but we're not millionaires. And they're just like, it's genuinely like, if you if you handed me and my brother a million euro right now, we just kind of sat and laughed at how ridiculous it all is. Like they are very down to earth at the end of it. Oh. She talks about buying, a, that she wanted to buy a Lamborghini in 2020, but didn't end up buying one. She got a doll called Charlotte. She still lives in her like childhood bedroom. They're still in like their tiny house. Which I like, I do admire that. I do think there's a big effort to, as you said, like keep everything kind of low key and not let it all go mad. Yeah. Um, I think Phineas just bought a house in Malibu, like a big whopper house in Malibu. But I, I heard the mom being interviewed again and she was just like, I've, we spend a lot of time kind of teaching them to put the money into the right things and to not not really go mad and not let it all go to their heads and it's working so far it's working I did appreciate and the one thing I do really like about her is like you know how she's kind of rolled back against the media about like and media's obsession with female artists bodies and like appearance and whatever um you know she had that like video at her concert where it's like her like kind of slowly taking off her clothes and she's just like disappears into this uh into the water because like there was just all this speculation about her and she says this in the Vanity Fair video as well where like because she wears all these like baggy clothes or whatever she was like papped walking to her brother's house and she's wearing like a tank top or something and all the all the headlines were like oh Billy got fat whatever blah 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 and she's like no like this is this is literally how I've always looked like it's yeah, and I don't understand why it's become like this. It's so strange, like this mystery now, like what she actually looks like under the baggy hoodies. I think for a lot of the press, and she gets uh But this is the thing, like questioned about her is... sexuality and like how she identifies, and even her mom said that with on the old McDermott thing. She was like, she's on some list of like celebrities who are non-binary, and she's like, I'm not non-binary. She was like, I'm a girl, but this is how I want to dress, and she was like, if this isn't how other people want to dress, that's absolutely fine. But like. She's like not doing it to be like, this is how young girls should dress. It's like, this is how I, so I'm comfortable. It's so strange though. Uh, the video is not my responsibility. It's on YouTube if anyone wants to watch it. And it aired on the Where Do We Go world tour. Um, and it's like, she doesn't fully take off her clothes, but like she takes off her top and she's in a bikini 
And there's this like whole monologue over it where she says like, some people hate what I wear. Some people praise it. Some people use it to shame others. Some people use it to shame me. But I feel you watching always and nothing I do goes unseen. So whether I feel your stares, your disapproval or your sigh of relief, if I lived by them, I'd never be able to move. Would you like me to be smaller, weaker, softer, taller? Would you like me to be quiet? Do my shoulders provoke you? Does my chest? Am I my stomach? My hips? And it's just like, it's just very like, well, I can't win either way because even if I did come out with my fucking titties hanging out, yeah, you'd be talking about that. And yeah, now, like I wear a hoodie and it's like, it's all people talk about. And then I remember when I first saw I don't know if it's the specific photo that she talks about in the Vanity Fair video, but where she, like she's in this YouTube and you see like her body for the first time. And it was like this whole, where it was being circulated kind of like fucking crazy. And the fans had to be like, there's a reason why she dresses the way she does. She doesn't want people talking about it like this. And it's like so strange because she was still underage at this point as well. Yeah. It's like, she's very self-aware and she's very smart and I have to applaud her for just being like, would you all ever shut the fuck up, you absolute fucking weirdos and pushing back against it. But it's also just like so sad and like such a sad indictment of like yeah, what and media is and continues to be as much as like we look back at the Britney thing and we were like, oh my God, that's terrible. Like there's still a portion of media that it's like, why does she wear hoodies? Like is she ashamed for her body? Should she? Yeah, it's only for women. Like, that would not happen for men. Like I, I hate to be that like Falkhorn or whatever, but like this is one of those things that Justin Bieber was never questioned for whatever he wore, like ever. And now Billy, like it's it's doing the same, and I think it's just unfair. And like even the likes of Sigrid and stuff as well, where she she's like, I want to wear a jeans and a t shirt and no makeup, and I just want to sing. And I like it's it, girls are for being forced to kind of go the other way to make like such a non issue of how they look just to get people to focus on their talent and it's it's just it shouldn't have to be a thought really yep couldn't agree more could not agree more um that what is the name of that documentary again and where can people Uh, watch it the world is blurry I think what is it the world uh Billie Eilish the world's a little blurry on Apple TV and I would like if if you've any interest in kind of like behind the scenes in the music industry and what life is really like for these kind of children who are becoming famous it's well worth the watch because it's real it's not like bullshit so I would recommend let me bring up my mini bandwagons good stuff um, I have one that I actually just want to mention really quickly um, do it the Boojum the Boojum at home kits I was kindly gifted one the feed kits and I know you'd had one yourself as well yeah um, they're amazing they're, they're incredible. so good and um, they're so cheap I said I said I would give them a little plug on the podcast because they sent one out to me and I said that you'd had one and you'd really enjoyed it and uh, we were big fans. Yeah, they're clever. If you ever want to work with us, oh, bougie. we are available and we love the food so much. Oh my God, mix and rice till I die. I actually think I'd anyway, be, that's I'd all. Be but crowned, maybe... I'd be crowned king of my house if, if I got some sort of like Mexican food deal. You can get, so we got like a chicken fajita kit. So it's basically like it takes 15 minutes to do at home, but you get all of the other stuff with it. So like, I think you need to chop an onion, heat up the chicken and that's literally it. I made my housemates do it when it came because that's the kind of person that I am. And then you can get like vegetarian ones as well. It's so good because I can't, like I'm not near a, a Boojum and uh, yeah, anytime you pick, I go to order it on delivery, I'm too late. So You pick your delivery day as well. So it'll come and it's all like cold in a box and ready to go be cooked or ready to go into the fridge for the next day or whatever so it's uh, so handy I was going to see if you wanted to talk about the film festival I do want to talk about the Virgin Media Dublin International Film Festival Breed thank you so much I am back hosting Hooked On which is the accompanying podcast for the Virgin Media Dublin International Film Festival um, where we talk to movie people um, all about what's being shown at the festival our kind of picks um, there's a great interview with Stanley Tucci and Colin Firth. Their movie Supernova actually opens the festival tomorrow, which is very exciting. I cannot wait to watch it. I have my ticket for the gala screening. It's supposed to be very emotional. Go look up the plot of Supernova and you'll understand what I'm talking about. Um, there's loads of other kind of Q&As and stuff. Colin Farrell is in conversation with the festival director, Grania Humphreys. Um, there's a, there's a Q&A session with uh, Steve McQueen, who did like 12 Years a Slave, Hunger, Shame, amazing director. Um, and then yeah as I said I will have the podcast every week with your little movie bits and you can listen to Hooked On on Apple Spotify wherever you get your podcasts loads there and I will say it's an incredible effort from all the team 
to bringing it all online. They were originally looking at some driving events, but obviously that wasn't to be, which is really unfortunate. Um, and the standard is still unbelievable. I watched Sun this week, which is like hereditary, scary, ooky spooky vibes. Very, very good. Not sure when that's getting a general release, but I'm fairly sure there's still tickets left for that. If you want to check out tickets for anything, um, stiff.ie. There are definitely still tickets for some things, but a lot of stuff is sold out. So do not wait. Get your tickets. Class. Um, never not working as you never, yourself. Never not working, I was going to say. Put that on your headstone. Um, I actually wrote too many bandwagons the other night while I was having a few beverages with my housemate and I actually cannot remember the context of them. The first one was Missing Podcast and then the second one was Leslie Roy. <laughs> and then I actually had written Tony Cantwell but I can't remember why. So I, I took that off. But anyway, right. I had to make a whole new list of me bandwagons because I actually cannot remember the context to Leslie Roy, Tony Cantwell or The Missing Podcast. Um, so I've written down, I started watching Below Deck um, to fill the void in my life Carla loves Below Deck Carla yeah. Kay is a big big fan big advocate for it and it's on my list but we all know where I am with TV shows I won't bore you again yeah what's it about sell it to me so it's about the crew this crew like working I'm only on season one I think whatever the first season on Netflix is is the one I've started and I'm like very early episodes into it Um, but it's about this like crew on a yacht basically and like that or on charter yachts so like there's a chef are you looking at the cat you make making faces at your cat. No. <laughs> no, sorry. I just started looking at myself in the camera and imagine what I'd look like with really small lips. Sorry, carry on. I thought I heard a, I thought I heard a bell. <laughs> um, oh, she's on the bed. Yeah, yeah, she's on the bed. She's fucking asleep, the dumb bitch. Um, <laughs> Don't know so, yeah, sleep but, all day. About a crew working on a chartered yacht. And they all like uh, get like messy and ride each other and stuff, I think. I don't know. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, like, where are you watching that? Hey, you? No, Netflix. It's on Hey You as well, though, if you have it. But there's a couple on Netflix. Ah, okay. Um, and then finally, I cannot stop listening to that Ryan Max song you sent me the other day. She wins, I lose. So good. Such so I didn't realize this. So I actually heard this on. Uh, I heard this on uh, Emma Nolan's show on FM 104 when I was in the car and I was like, who, who is this? And then it was like their select Irish track. This guy called Ryan Mack, who I'd never heard of. And then I said it to Breed and Breed was like, he was literally in hometown. And I was like, okay, I don't he know He was the I lead singer of hometown. Like he was the one that everyone... Certainly knew. was. Certainly did not engage with that at all. But anyway, um, so he's, he's released another track since, which I think is called Perfect On Me. But this he is... He has load. He has so fast. like... Can't you sleep on my sofa? Do your parents even know? No, you said this. You said this to me the last time, and I do not know that song. But That's this song is like, if you like the nineteen seventy five, like it is, it's straight out of that playbook. But it's so good. It's called uh, "She Wins, I Lose," and it's just very like sparkly pop. It's a summery. feel good. Feel good. It's very the vibes. The vibrations are high. It's very neon. I love it. I love it so much. Ryan Max, she wins, I lose. Uh, stream it now. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Street team. We're actually thinking about doing um, bonus episodes with various Irish artists and just lashing them up free. We're going to interview because we just know how to make them. We'd love to do Irish music as a bandwagon, but it's there's so many cool people we'd like to talk to. So we're just going to stretch it out and make it like a, a mini series kind of thing. Yep. So. Yes, we are going to do that. Watch this space because Finito's a busy gal, so it'll happen when it happens hopefully I'm so sorry we'll it'll be soon it'll be soon yeah, yeah. Be really soon and if you have anyone you want us to talk to please get in touch and we'll try to hook it up absolutely um, we are on Patreon as well if you want some extra content if you loved this then you will especially love my battery is low then you will love our Patreon patreon.com forward slash bandwagons um, last week we got on Zoom and got way too drunk yeah I can never and get back we we the the tea was piping, scalding, spilled everywhere. Shane, actually, that episode is coming soon to anyone who was on that Zoom and wants to listen back or couldn't join the Zoom. But Shane has a lot of editing to do because we said a lot of things that cannot uh, be held on public public record. Um, <laughs> and otherwise, we do other bonus episodes, uh, playlists. Uh, Bree does a tarot reading once a month. It's all good stuff there. As we mentioned, we have a couple of live dates on sale. Liberty Hall in Dublin and uh, Cypress Avenue in Cork and we are on uh, social media we are Bandwagons Podcast everywhere 
follow us on Spotify, get the latest episodes up to speed, uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, but only if it's nice. This podcast was produced by Collaborative Studios. Breed has her finger pointing like she wants to say I have something. An idea. Um, we have some extra beanies going, I think. I just need to get on to Ellen. So if anyone feels like leaving us a funny review, but like still a good review, still like no bad ones, um, we'll pick like a couple. Yeah, of don't them. be mean. We'll pick a couple, a couple of our favourite ones and we'll give them, a, we'll send them a beanie. We'll send them a wagon beanie. What do you think, Fanuna? I think that's a bloody great idea and I cannot wait to read um, your reviews. Um, whatever name you're leaving as the review, maybe if you want to leave your like, Instagram handle or something. Yes, yeah, so we can find you. Yeah, have it as the same. Yes, yeah, so we can find Otherwise, we won't be able to. Um, that is it from us for this week. We will see you next week. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.